Welcome back to Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. I'm Aiden Driscoll. And I'm Olivia O'Neill. And today we are joined from Boston by our very dear friend... Rebecca Navager! A.K.A. Louis, Navi, Louisiana, Becca, and Becky Lou. Today we'll be talking about storytelling, film scoring, and some of the past projects that we've worked on So if that's your jam, sit back and enjoy this week's episode of Between Takes... Can you hear us right now, Louie? Can you not hear us? If you're saying things, I can't hear Ah, <laughs> bummer. Hang on. Let's, okay, give me well, two we seconds. we can now. Okay, good. That's, that's perfect for a, and for a podcast. And just tapped his knee. I'm not <laughs> sure what that means. Activities, host controls. The headphones was a symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Now can you hear us? Yes. Rock okay. on. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> logic is recording. All right. Yay. All right. Finally. <laughs> Hang on. Let's Woo. check our levels. We are going. Checky check. Welcome to the show, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What a chaotic entrance you got. <laughs> yes. For your premiere on Between Takes. That's, that's uh, kind of how we roll. How are you doing today, Louis? I'm I'm good. 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 Chill day, chill Saturday. How are you? Cool. Yeah, Saturday. Doing pretty good. We took a walk around where they filmed uh, a week away, which is fun. Have I told you about a week away? No. It's, it's like it's like a this? Christian high school musical. <laughs> it's actually oh, more. Wait. No. Yes. Never mind. I absolutely know what that is, and I remember watching it. I don't know why. Was it on Netflix? Yeah. And, and they, I what was up with that? They just like got you. And they got you with, like, bad acting. They <laughs> got you. I know. It was pretty entertaining. Was, uh, it was. I will never forget the dance number on top of the picnic tables. Yeah. And they're passing by each other. And it's like, I wish, like, yeah. Yeah. you're right next to each other. <laughs> I know. Who is it? George? He's George, my favorite. Yeah. I love George. He's so you're funny. right there. It's like, she's right there. She's right there. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those movies where the lines of, like, real life diegetic music versus like totally in your head yeah. fantasy music is like yeah. not really defined so yeah. but they filmed like 10 minutes from our house yeah there's so like we a huge there. camp oh and like a, like the water slides and the tower so like everything we, is there we went to the dock oh and they have the big romantic like love song together yeah so oh no. oh my we walked around yeah. a little bit it was raining a little bit it was kind still of fun. fun so yeah well, Lou, do you want to just, normally when we have guests on, we just kind of have them uh, introduce themselves. So, like, if you want to spend a minute or four minutes, however long, kind of, like, who you are, what you do, how you became who you are. Oh, and get us up yeah. to speed. <laughs> Let me just tell you how I became who yeah. I am Cover in the just past about four minutes. the 23 years of your life. Let, let me just figure it out. Well, it was dark. To quote Dwight Schrute, yeah. and there I came. No. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Well, um, I guess it kind of, we've known each other for a long time, so maybe I should start there sure. by saying that, like, we have known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, like, that started when we grew up doing um, theater together at, like, a, a community place mm -hmm. um, that David Driscoll, Aiden's father, ran. That was me. Or my father. And, um, yes. And so, uh, 
that's where it all began. And then we just started making things together. We just started building, you know, writing music together, working on musicals together, producing, touring, exploring, thinking, talking. It was just every manner of ing that you could probably... <laughs> Probably put in in that group, <laughs> and after you know exactly, and then kind of time came, and I felt like college was the right step for me next, and so um, decided to do music. Decided to go to Berkeley College of Music here in Boston, um, and then kind of wandering through all of that, felt like composition was the way to go. So, uh, and the background in theater made me want to do storytelling as much as just like freelance writing. So. Um, Film scoring and composition, minor in conducting, which I just finished at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So that was four years of writing, four years of meeting people, four years of uh, really stretching, you know, growing. And it sounds and exhausting. It's really to me. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you pack a lot in, but then I come back home for the summers and I see my family and I see you all, like when you're back in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And that's always really good. And yeah. You're one of those um, people that's always been really good at, like, when you're done, you do just nothing except what you enjoy. So it's like, I'm not going to talk yeah. about music all day if, if I don't want to talk about music. No, I, yeah. like, if if I feel like, no, I want to talk about a different form of art. Yeah. Or I want to talk about science. Yeah. Or let's just talk about that book that I read or that meme that I saw. And let's think really deeply about the meme that I just looked yeah. at. Because I do that. Like, people know. Yeah. I look at a meme and I'm like, but what does it mean? <laughs> okay. So, so like, I'll do that instead. Um, or, like, game with my family, you know. So, oh, you like games? Um, Oh, oh, did you not know? You. My board game fetish? Yes, no, in love with board games. <laughs> in love with board games. Um, getting closer on the video game spectrum, I feel like there are, there are like good things, uh, really good video games too, but board games, 100%. Our family's obsessed. Um, yes, you are. Uh, yes, <laughs> but in the best ways because we like, uh, we like strategy. Yeah. Um, so, which uh, let's see, I'll yeah. let you finish. I'll <laughs> let you finish, and then I'll chime in. <laughs> so yes. So now I'm through with my bachelor's degree, um, and I'm still doing music, but I'm uh, figuring out the next steps, obviously. But um, that might not be in Boston. It could be back home. I, I, mm -hmm. Things are in the in the works. Mm -hmm. I understand that maybe. But um, yeah, I don't know. Me, music, art, literature. Anything else that's interesting? <laughs> I don't know. That's like the Instagram like bio version of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I guess it is. And also, just like you know, like this, like talking with people and like mm -hmm. seeing, like, like I really love like knowing what's going on with people. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like and making sure that like we've known each other for so long, it's so worth like like keeping up with people. Right. Yeah, you know, for like sure. so important. Yeah, so. I'm so glad we're doing this. I remember when <laughs> I, before we moved down here, and because I'm the kind of person who, like, you know me, <laughs> you know, like, when we <laughs> hang out, a lot of the times my natural instinct isn't like, so tell me about your life. Update me on the yeah. things going on. I'm like, hey, have you read this book? Have you seen this movie? Yeah. Let's talk about that. And I'm much more, like, externally, like, focused. So I remember talking to you on the phone one time before we moved down here, and you were like, hey, have you seen Logan recently? And I was like, yeah. Oh, what's he up to? Um, I don't know. I know he liked the new Josh Turner album. <laughs> and you were like, you remember you like yelling at me like, why aren't you guys talking to each other? 
<laughs> no, I just feel like we 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 did so much together, and that's not to say that like we worked a lot together. It doesn't mean you're gonna be lifelong friends afterwards. But it but it is like um, it feels important to me. Mm-hmm. Like we walked through a very pivotal part. I'm getting deep now, yeah. but I'm just saying Good. that like it's true. Anyway, we take it for granted. Saying? I think we were so connected. We're like, oh yeah, we'll always be, and then we're we just have that but mindset. But we were so together because it was just but the schedule. Yes. required us yeah. to be together eight hours a day for like well i think we years. also liked it like we, we wouldn't have not done it if we didn't like it right no exactly Hopefully. but no yeah and i'm not saying we have to know everything that's going on what? i just like but it is the occasional yes but i did check, i do think know. it's cool that i feel like we could call like logan or margaret or you or molly anytime and be like what's up and we'd have a great yeah. conversation because we were able to like yeah. connect so much when we were younger so that's a good feeling that we can always yeah. be like, and it's also cool to see like what everyone's doing. It's like Navi's in Boston doing all this music stuff or like mm-hmm. college. And then Logan's doing art and Josiah's like working really hard in Rochester with his sound stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying this. I do not know. You exactly. have very big descriptions. I have of like limited <laughs> vocabulary in that area. <laughs> Louis doing a thing there and Molly's <laughs> doing a thing there. No, it's very right. cool though. It's no. very cool. It is. So yeah. anyway, I think that's the thing. You just never, we never knew what that would be, but now we have people kind of all over. Yeah. yeah. I feel very proud. I'm like, I feel like a proud. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you, you, I mean, you come from like a big family like me too, where you can kind of look at all your different siblings and be like, everyone has their own little directions that they're going and their own interests and the things that they care about. But then also it's, it's, it's cool to know we all still have so much in common, you know, cause there's sometimes, oh, sometimes you meet so someone much. for the first time and you're like, okay, we don't on the service we don't have a lot in common and sometimes if you put effort into it you can realize like oh actually a lot of our foundational things we see eye to eye on or whatever but with us i think because we like grew up together and like you with your siblings and me with my siblings it's a kind of if i met i think that sometimes like if i met you for the first time today would we hit it off really well we probably mm. would because we I do think, yeah, just I have think you would. so many <laughs> I think we too. but uh yeah anyway uh yeah but it's it's something you know yeah, those those ones don't fade. Those are like, you're tight. Those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we like you said, like we come from a very similar background. We like grew up together and all that. So I have a lot of questions where like I know the answer and we've talked about it extensively. But <laughs> what what was it about like specifically scoring films that you really liked as opposed to just you know kind of going around more like me or live joining a band those kinds of things that mm. that treat uh attracted you more than i mean there's so many different avenues within music that you could have gone what yeah. was it about film scoring that you like so much i feel like there's so many so many ways to talk about it and the way that i've come to talk about it thus far everything can change but because to me you know like some people feel like it's a, a restricting box like you're serving a director and therefore right. your vision is restricted and I have not felt like that very much, actually, I because I feel like more through the perspective of service. And so to me, what was really great about it is like, oh, someone has a vision. And what I get to do is like step into that vision with you. Hopefully it's a with and not just like a task, <clears throat> like throw a right. task and just do it. And some are, could be like that, but hopefully it's a with in which like, oh, that's a great vision. Let me just make some stuff, see if you like it, see how it works, and eventually get to a product, like hopefully that you're both very, very happy with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, I am not 
the kind of person that like if if something changed or later on the music or like if something didn't work later, I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, what did you do to my beautiful art? Like because mm. I feel like um at that point, like as most filmmakers and film composers and people working on collab like these massive collaborational projects, um, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day how good my portion of it was. Like I feel like it matters more that someone felt something. And so like in mm -hmm. every piece of work or art just in general, if in the end I contributed to someone like empathizing with someone or um, or hating, hating someone or like a visceral experience, I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem with what I made in the end if it provided that. So for me, it's, this, it's a place of service. And I feel like I've, I've said kind of throughout my life, like I don't, I like we did theater, so like you're mm -hmm. doing the singing and the acting and the and whatever, mm -hmm. but I don't have to be right up there in the front. I can happily, with the right people, chit chat mm -hmm. in the back corner, think of an idea, go work on it, come back and say what do you think. Like mm -hmm. I enjoy that just as much. So, um, service is the word that I attach to it, and it's also work, and it's more than a hobby. And yes, right. I, I want to get paid, and I mm -hmm. I want to. Um, make a living, and I, you know, want to be... Sell out. <laughs> I, what was the word? Sell out. <laughs> no! I can't. No, no I know you no. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, it's not with, like, this idea of, like, I am a single business in that sense, too. So, like, right. it, it comes with, like, a practicality and also, like, but I want to do what's yeah. right for you. And it doesn't mean I don't have a backbone, either. It does mean that, like, right. if I think something, like, and I'm in a decent position and relationship with someone to say something about an idea or this or that, I will. Yeah. But um, I, enjoy, I enjoy just being uh, part of a piece in a larger thing. That's really cool. So do yeah. you kind of, you like film scoring because there's more, um, uh, there, there's kind of a different challenge in, in fitting your work into a larger vision rather than just, you being like a band leader or something where you're like, I'm the one who's calling all shots all the time. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's less about me when I'm working for the film. Mm -hmm. When I did the songwriting like two years ago, every facet of that was rooted in what exactly do I want to say? Right. And what exactly is the feeling that I want and this and that and this and that. And it still comes from, they both can come from really genuine places. Right. Like when you hear like G. Kino talk about uh, starting with an idea, he literally watches it, lets the emotion well up inside of him, yeah. and then he goes and writes. And so like both songwriting and both filmmaking and concert commission too, they all run the gamut of like, I like that idea that it starts at a very very inside you emotional context. So right. like they all have that, but that one was about me. Mm. Not to put it so right. like so your, uh, not your original album, egotistical. You mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That one was about like what do I feel I need to say? Right. And if someone wants to listen, fine. This was like <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. It, and the other and and film is like has nothing to do with you beyond the fact that like what kind of emotional response did you have sure. to do with it and then take that emotional response and build it in such a way that other people right um, can attach themselves to it well you mentioned michael giacchino and how he's i mean 
he's like my favorite film composer i think is he your favorite or is he just i i think there? he is my favorite okay. yeah okay. i think yeah um yeah. i've never seen a movie that he's scored and been like oh that's michael giacchino it's i mean i feel like there are movies i go in and i know yeah. I, michael giacchino composed this you know just because i know beforehand or whatever but there are movies where at the end i'll be like see just be watching the credits and go oh that was michael giacchino and i think that's a good testament of like especially if i recognize like when i remember when i saw jojo rabbit and Within the first 15 minutes, I thought, this is some good music. I really like the main theme, and it was catchy, and it, 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 it fit every scene it was in. And then at the very end, when it said Michael Giacchino, I was like, of course. Of course it's Michael Giacchino. But it, it's not, it's not. and here's Michael Giacchino. Whereas I feel like um, Hans Zimmer can kind of be a bit more that way, where you're like, oh, I, this sounds like a Hans Zimmer score. Or, or John Williams, not necessarily he himself, but like, Sometimes you can hear movie scores and go, this sounds like they're kind of imitating a John Williams score. Right. Whereas I think Michael Giacchino is Just exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's like Jojo Rabbit, Inside Out, and The Incredibles are very different movies from each other. So the because, scores sound very different from each other. Because, like, there's so many ways to go about it. If you're, if the story is really the backbone of all the ideas that kind of sprinkle out of it, let's right. say, like, then we probably shouldn't be able to recognize right. the style. Right. And... Um, but then it goes the other way. You've got producers and directors and writers and people who specifically say, this is the sound that I want. And right. so they hire you and you produce that sound. Right. So mm. like then, then of course, like if, if you've made a sound that people like, uh, right. why, why, what's the saying? Yeah. Why, why fix a broken thing? That's not the I mean, thing. that's, what is this? If, if it ain't broke, <laughs> they don't do that fix with it. Actors too. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like Ryan Gosling or something, <laughs> he's like plays the same person in like The Notebook and Ralph. I mean, not necessarily, not exactly, but right. it's like the same type of character. I don't know. I think what is that typecasting? Typecast. Yeah. You, I feel a, like you can do a, that with like composers too. Right. Like and that's so kind of what you're saying. I think. And that's like, why I think. And I I kind of feel there isn't a universal sound for Michael Giacchino, and 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 that's you know I think I apply that to different areas, and I think. With, if you're just an independent musician, that can be a harmful thing to you. If every single album sounds totally different yeah. from the last, no, that can true. sometimes um, be a detriment Not to you. To for, yeah, because people will be like, I don't know, you know, you did a punk pop album and then you did a folk singer songwriter one. I don't know, one. but that's cool. I mean, it's, I guess that's your brand, I Yeah, guess. <laughs> it's cool to me to see artists who try new things and are constantly exploring different sounds or whatever. I kind of think the Avett Brothers are kind of like that, yeah. where it's like, but I, I, you you hear a song and you're like that's definitely from that album, and you hear another song and go that's definitely from that album. Um, but it can also be a, I don't know, fr from a very like structured marketing in music industry standpoint, that can be a we don't know who you are, and then, but I mean you can also like you just said about you know you can go too far and, and be yeah. Maybe that's like the biggest difference between these two is saying I don't need to know who you are in film, right? But I do need to know in songwriting. I, sure. In a sense, we do need to know your name. Hmm. I don't need yeah. to know it was Michael G. Kino who scored it. I just need to feel something. Right. But for some, I think in the songwriter realm, the name, the name attached to it is important. Otherwise, how do you how do you get motion? Yeah. Like and, and yeah yeah. So and so I because yeah yeah. It, it, it's that's that's true because I think it, with a movie with most movies it's the single isolated story and the score should help enhance that. So you're not thinking right. about. Brad Bird writing and directing this, and then actors came in and, and 
did the voice acting and then Michael Giacchino scored it, you're yeah. thinking about the story of The Incredibles or Ratatouille right. or whatever. And um, the genre is already kind of set. It's right. movie <clears throat> score. Like, obviously, there's, like, really different, like, right. people that do whereas, it. But whereas if you're a, a, singer, a, so, like a songwriter, it's kind of you. Genres. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or just, like, the stories that you're telling tend to, the vast majority are, like, you're talking about your experiences and your life and all that, as opposed to some, some musicians do that and some of them can do it beautifully and some of them can do it really pretentiously where they're like trying to tell different stories or whatever. Um, hmm. But yeah, I think you're right that there is something <clears throat> when you're just a songwriter, there, there is something more about you want a more intimate uh, relationship with the creator rather than just the work itself. Yeah. 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 Hmm. You want to know, it, it's so personable. It's unbelievably personable. And so, like, you made me think of something, and now uh, I have forgotten it. Was it Pictionary? I think, <laughs> I, think it, I think it was this idea of, like, it's a long-haul project. Like, we see the Avert brothers, like, they really, they didn't begin to, like, really change up too much. I mean... Until they had kind of established their sound, right. and then they kind of started walking away from it. So it really is the long haul of like, we know we really like writing this way, and then human right. nature is like, well, that's interesting, and then right. you wander into something else, mm-hmm. and yeah. that is beyond di- that is completely different than like me, like or someone working a job for a tax that has like this kind of finalized deadline and then I'm off to something that is either the polar opposite or right you know yeah, for like sure. you are really carving out um yeah you kind of need a style in that sense to be known to be familiar yeah. and yeah. I think I think the Avert brothers were I feel like by emotionalism that's when they figured out like this is the things these are the things we want to write about these mm. are the main like these are the principles that are really important to us that we want to continue to expand upon. And then be- once they got to that point, like you just said, they established like, okay, this is our sound. This is what it's about. Then they were able to explore more sonically. I think the songwriting post-emotionalism is still very similar to what emotionalism, what they established there. But the sounds, the actual instrumentation, uh, they, they had more freedom to explore that than I think they had before. And I don't want to say like they were restricted before. I think they were just... They were more actively exploring all aspects of their music before emotionalism, and this is just this isn't like historically based off of anything <laughs> they said. It's mainly just my opinion of, yeah. of how I've seen their progression yeah. and seen like pre-emotionalism is all great, but it's, it feels much more kind of frantically. They're just, I mean, I don't maybe it's just because they're younger and they're just you could you can hear the like the crazy energy they have in Carolina Jubilee mm. that they don't have in True and it's because now they're husbands and fathers and it's different. <laughs> at that stage in life than when you're in your late twenties yeah. trying things out and you're recording in your parents' and both garage. Are beautiful. You know? Yeah. Both, right, both, yeah. both like we've seen how like generations of listeners have grown with them. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to say, I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. yeah. And also that makes me think of like TV to film as well, or even theater. You know how you've like, you have a running joke. And you like we yeah. had running jokes in our shows all the time. Like, and the show's mm-hmm. an hour, so you have an hour to make your yeah. running jokes, and then the whole right. premise of those jokes disappears because we're now we're back to real life or whatever, and right. context right. changed. TV mm-hmm. gets like like if we take psych, TV gets uh, like six seven seasons to just yeah. get you familiar with like yeah. the pineapple ruse 
and the and the and the um they they can really like 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 crafting a singer songwriter like persona like you give yourself time to make certain things familiar so that people are like oh Mm -hmm. i that makes me think of that right and film um you have such a short time to do that like much much shorter and um it's interesting i feel like I don't know where I'm headed with this, but I, <laughs> I, I just was thinking <laughs> of like, I was just thinking of like <clears throat> familiarity is what makes people stay with you, right? That you are in some way like reliable or like consistent in whatever right. comedy, seriousness, whatever it is. And then people lean into that because there's right. an element of trust there. So it's... Yeah. Um, that's cool too. It's just that TV does it over this huge amount of time, and and yeah. film has to figure out how to do that in like two hours. Well, what's cool with the scoring too is like unless you're really, depending on what type of listener you are, which I assume like you would be because you pay attention to scores. But like when I watch a movie, sometimes themes come back that I don't unless I'm like actively listening. I'm not noticing that this theme came back, but I'm having an, it's adding to my experience of the emotion I'm having. Like. In Ratatouille or something. That's probably yeah. the one I'm like most paid attention to. Is like themes kind of. It's it feels like. Uh, I, I pay attention to it. So, anyway, I don't know. Yeah. You know, in um, uh, Heist to See You, when Remy's reading the will and the letter, and he's like figuring out um, Linguini and, and Gusto. You know that that yeah, sequence yeah. where the music. Do you ever notice? In Paper Chase, the next track during the bum, 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 when like the brass is playing that, in the back, the strings are playing that. They're playing exactly, and I just never noticed that before until just recently. That's great. Anyway, that's all. No. That's a great score. It's just cool how that familiarity like adds to your experience, even if the listener doesn't realize that that's what they're reacting to. And just like, just to say on this one moment in Ratatouille, like the familiarity where when he jumps off and the music cuts out for a second and then the paper inflates and he like uses it as a parachute to glide across <laughs> and it plays the dun, 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 dun. It plays the La Festa yeah. theme, which is like the main, so you're like, oh good, victorious thing, but then it immediately goes back in because then Skinner gets across. Anyway, just like those kinds of things that are so obvious in a way, but to, to do it well where you're not, because there are, I, I love Star Wars, but there are moments in Star Wars where it's like, there's the Star Wars theme, there's the Darth Vader theme, you know, mm. where it's just kind of obvious. And I, again, I love Star Wars. I think it's great. I, <laughs> great time. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful movies. But there's something about the way... It's like effortless. Something. Right. There's something about, I think Ratatouille specifically is, is one of the most, it's some of the most subtle storytelling in a way. It's like, I get it the first time I watch it, I understand what it's about. But every time I've watched it since, there's been a new thing that's popped mm-hmm. out where it's like, that was so subtly set there but so purposefully set there. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the main focus of it. It's fine if you miss it, but if you do notice it, I feel like it enhances your perception and um, of the movie. Anyway. No. That's a brief Ratatouille fanboy moment. Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is your favorite film, like as far as like the score oh that, you know, and everything? What? What is that question? Um, if you, if, or one that pops no. to he- your head is like really good one. Well, we're talking about Ratatouille, and and I've talked about Ratatouille quite a bit. I think for for nostalgia, really? <laughs> for nostalgia <laughs> reasons, for nostalgia reasons, I run back to Finding Nemo. I think I could sing yeah. that entire soundtrack. I think 
Wow. Because I, because every, every, was it Thursday? No, not Thursday. That was choir day. Every, every. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot, it was Wednesday. <laughs> like throughout middle school, high school, every, maybe it was Wednesday or Tuesday. I can't remember now. I think it was Wednesday. I would have a piano lesson. And after that piano lesson, I would walk downtown because I couldn't get picked up yet or whatever. But I would just prefer it. Sometimes I'd just say, don't pick me up. Let me walk downtown. <laughs> and um, I would just listen to that. That would just be the thing that brought me so much joy. And I don't know if that's because I watched it so much as a kid. I Like, there could be more reasons than this is the best score ever. But who whoever is like, that's my favorite because it technically and logically is the best thing that exists in no, the world. That's right. Nobody. Right. So... Everyone's I think I think that yeah. stacks at the top uh, for so many reasons, okay. and it is good. It is really well done. It is good, it's good. and it feels like water. And I challenge you to all make music that feels like water. My <laughs> gosh, it feels exactly like water. So, and that that little theme in the opening is just a just the jerker. way that they, I don't know what it is so different about the way that the keys are mixed. Yes, the way that like, yep. the piano comes in is just it's so much softer so but soft. still so warm but not right not like, soft and warm in the way of like cuddle up next no. to a fire on a fall afternoon way it's exactly what you're saying it's a soft and warm that's you're underwater but you're safe yeah because water and isn't like always warm sometimes it's chilly and it's got like it's blue yeah. i don't know how to tell you but it's <laughs> and i feel like especially for nemo and like that type of clownfish they're safest in their little i'm not gonna even try to say anemone I'm not even going to try to say, like, proceeds to say. <laughs> <laughs> I had to try it. I felt like I was going to be challenged. Right. That's where they're safest, right? But most of the movie, he's like out in the open water. Right. And it's so kind of like, where am I? Like, there's no corner to back up into. And I feel like the music, to me, like, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm super anxious. But right. it does feel like, what's what's, what's so going to happen next? It's so selective about when it uses that piano sound and when it uses that theme to represent, even though maybe they're not in the literal home yeah. that, they, that the movie that they starts feel. in. They've somehow, at this point in the movie, reached a moment where they feel safe enough mm-hmm. to, as and if they were. Anyway, I need to watch the movie so again. Good. I haven't seen and, it forever. And it's not like, it's harmonically, really when you think about it too, he's not brought safety through, um, through like, like, that's a C chord and it feels like home. He's brought safety through right. like space because the water is so spacious and his yeah. harmonies mm-hmm. when he does water are like these these hybrid like empty open fourths yeah. and fifth and there's no like and it's it's so yeah, open. I was just about to say- so he like uses the harmony and the tonal structure too to tell you like like I'm thinking about when Bruce comes in and and he's mm-hmm. and he pushes Classic in Bruce. he pushes in and he goes and the score goes and his face goes <laughs> up and 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 the smile uh-huh. comes up and it's not you know exactly how to feel like right. and it's yeah it's different it's not spacious we feel we feel concerned now for someone right. yeah yeah and yeah yeah I think. I was about to say when you're talking about like the space that he puts in in his music, where I think John Williams and Michael Giacchino are much more. They have a lot of themes that you yeah. can remember, and I think Thomas Newman is much more. He builds a lot of like recognizable arpeggios almost. Sure. Where it's like, oh, that that random descending thing. I think I mean Wally is the score of his that uh, I know best. Yes. Where it's much more of the the sound of the of the yes. movie itself. Yes, you yes. know what I mean? It's like. 
you can say, sure, Ratatouille has more accordion and guitar and Inside Out is more like ethereal or whatever. And those are some distinctions between those two. But I think Wally sounds like space. It's got this, this intense, gritty, but also beautiful and, and serene sound. And Finding Nemo sounds Ugh. like water. Yeah. Um, and it's much more like, yeah, there, there's a more physicalness yeah. to Thomas Newman's music, strangely. Even though I can like hear more individual instruments in Michael Giacchino or John Williams, and I feel like there's a lot more like synthesized stuff in Thomas Newman, but it feels like there, there's a tangibleness to his music for some mm. reason. I don't and know I what And I think you're right. It. I wouldn't say like, oh, I know Marlon's theme. Like what's I, the, like, right, I yeah. don't know what it is, but I, I mm-hmm. know the moments that are correlate with him regretting how he treated his son. Or like, right. uh, like. Or Coral late because she right. died. Like oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. And and like there is a theme there. Yeah. And it's oh gosh, right. it's good. But I don't remember hearing it all over the place. Like I just remember hearing yeah. it like three or four times, maybe, throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And and right. everything else is just right. This phys there's this physicalness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Would you say, on average, are you, like, actively studying film scores to learn how to score a film? Or are you going to classical music? Or are you going to singer-songwriter, just random musicians, bands, artists that are contemporary, mm. that are old? What are the things that you Inspired have most things? consistently, that you can see the most thread throughout your work where you're like, oh, this type of music or this artist or this composer has kind of had a consistent inspiration through it all? Um... I think the only way to like synthesize sometimes is style. So like if you're working on a project, then you, I would immediately have like things that I've listened to in mind. So when I'm listening to things, I'm just listening to them, not with the intention necessarily of feeding it into like my work or feeding into the film score. So for me, I, I am not like the best, like, let me go analyze that score real quick. But if, if it's, compelling and useful in the next thing sure then absolutely so um like like for instance when we score like excerpts of like how to train your dragon or um Mm -hmm. things like that golly or like even incredibles like you just know the score too well sometimes and so for that i just went back and listened to like traditional celtic music (laughs) celtic music for incredibles no, for how or to do okay. okay. <laughs> Don't feel. I mean, give it a shot, I no. guess. But I don't really see how that would fit. No, for for Incredibles, I think I went back a little bit after. No, I can't remember. Maybe it was before or after. You're, wait, no, real I, quick. You take an excerpt of the movie and compose a brand new piece, or you just score the same themes that are within the original. No, score? no, you like rescore. You do a whole rescore of like okay. certain wow. pieces and different things. Okay. So like for that. Um, that was more about themes and, and like the tonal, like the tonal gravity, like where did you want, right? what kind of like feeling, like, like who talks about like a single chord? That's Michael Giacchino. Okay. All right. Yeah. So like that kind of idea in which that kind of single chord has defined kind of like the tonality that you're going around and all those themes. And we got time to work on those and I was so happy about it because you felt like you could actually really craft, really craft something. So, but like, because I, it's difficult when you know 
that score so well. Okay, so let's say a different example. Um, current, like a recent uh, film project that I did with a Boston filmmaker. So for that one, she goes, I really want free jazz. And sends like me an example do. of like a free jazz quartet group that I've never heard of. And it was awesome. And I was like, my gosh, how do we write this? <laughs> um, and for that, that's just like re listening to like anything that feels like it fits into that world. And then taking, taking whatever clicks with you into like, it could be mm. as simple as like, oh, that instrumentation is great. Let's start there. Right. And even if you don't keep all the kind of harmonic uh, like parts of it, that instrumentation could propel you enough to like your own ideas. Right. Um, to then make something that clicks for the film in a different way. So it's not like, for me, it's never been like just a score. It's pulling like instrumentational ideas. It's pulling like thematic, like manipulation. And I don't know what else. Where was the, what was the original question was? Like, is there a consistent type of uh, oh. composer or type of music that has been a consistent inspiration throughout all your work? Like or has I know it been what brand I, new? I don't think so. Like, like if you ask me, like, go write a theme based on something that you really like, I would immediately start pulling things like the artists. Um, mm, that's a great. I score. yeah, that score is fantastic. So I would start pulling things from like because I like that that kind of quasi classical piano style yeah. so much, and um, so things like the artist, things like uh, you know certain things from G Kino certain things from Thomas Newman, I would probably just pull in Rainy Newman, even just the yeah. songwriting works, because I just go and learn those for fun. Those right. are everything. And um, I don't know, th things like that, which are like simple piano things, but then done on top of it, there could be a lot of beauty. Like, I was obsessed with the Danish string quartet there for a second. Yeah, you got some weird obsessions over the they, years. They, but they're so beautiful. The way they weave their, their melodies and change meter and all this stuff, it's really quite stunning. Um, or maybe I'd go to Stravinsky. I don't know. It depends on what, <laughs> what what's called for. Um, what is, let's just like speed around here at the end. What are some of your, like the best creative moments you've ever had that are wh where you've been most excited for the, for the project or you're working with great people or you like have an idea or maybe you got like a hunky bandmate who's working with you. <laughs> or like, <laughs> I'm not trying to lead you into a specific answer. No, but seriously, what no. what are some of the best like creative moments you've had over the years? Okay, um, I will forever say that on the road to Verona is one of the most pivotal creative projects that I've probably ever worked on. Um, and for those who have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> We've talked about it a little okay, bit. Okay, have you? Well, then, there. previous yeah. listeners know. But that yeah. was an original musical based on a Shakespeare play. And it was an hour long, and we toured it around, and it was created in the middle of a summer. And the creative in process. In a warehouse. Yeah, and the creative <laughs> process was like nothing else I've experienced, but it, that nine of us couldn't have been more focused. What mm. an incredible, and focus in a playful way, not in an annoying way. Yeah. Like, there's a kind of focus where you're like, you put so much pressure on yourself that you can't even get anything done. Right. And so this was, this was the kind of focus that was like, 
we know it's going to happen. There's like this trust, mm-hmm. like it yeah. will be what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. We just have to like say everything that comes out of our mouth until the right thing like clicks. And then we have direction, right? We have a director above us who says, now let's really put the pieces together because we right. can't see outside. Like we can't be the viewer. <laughs> like, um, more often than not though, I think it was him being don't put the pieces together yet. Right. Don't yeah. put the pieces together. Right. I feel yeah. like that was his Yo, role No, you're right. Anything. You're right. correct. That's and I like, think that's, <laughs> that's something that me and Liv have definitely noticed when it's just the two of us working together is we can kind of go one extreme or the other where it's like, there we go, perfect. And we do that yeah. and then a month later we realize this is kind of bland and boring. Maybe we need to change this up. Or it's like, I have all these ideas. Maybe it goes here and here and here and here. And then it's like, we don't have yeah. enough people to like figure it out or we don't have any outside it's ears to tell us whether or not it works. Or yeah. It's hard with a smaller number sometimes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that was huge. Um, and I'll just huge. never forget. And then there are moments when you're working on something and your brain is like, what am I doing? I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be making right now. And you just go sit at the piano and you play something else. Okay. And then you come mm-hmm. back and you're like, that's not it. And then you try something else. And you're like, that's not it. And, but it's those moments where like, I know it's in there. And I know I'm going to mm. find it when I'm supposed to find it. Why can't I find it right now? <laughs> like, and, but you, and maybe you can't. But um, when you do, my gosh, it's the most rewarding thing. And it's not to say even that that in that initial form is exactly how you keep it. But just knowing that your instinct on something or that, that you can feel kind of a yes and no every time you kind of put mm-hmm. something in place is a really comforting feeling. And, um, and sometimes it takes a lot of tries and sometimes it, it takes less tries, but I will say that like those themes through school that I wrote for like rescores and stuff, there were moments when I was like, that is exactly the word bittersweet. And mm. I don't really want to change it. Like, if a teacher says that it's a little off, I will hear it, and I will understand. Um, but most of the time, it was like, yeah, that is bittersweet. I think you've kept it. And, and so, like, for me, it's like trusting mm. trusting that, that moment. And then when you bring it to someone else, and you're like, no, that does hit the nose. What, what an awesome feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that does not happen as frequently, I think, as people people think yeah 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 it 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 doesn't but it's um but it's good when it does and also just like you write something for a group or this or that and then you come away and you're like that was me learning a lot that was not me making a product that I felt like it could still have an emotional impact and that's fantastic but that one was more about me recognizing like oh if i do it all again it would be a 180 i think i'd make an entirely different work Hmm. um those are good too music's pretty fun isn't it isn't it there's a lot of good stuff out there (laughs) there's so much good stuff yeah and i feel like i don't like listen to music 24 7 every hour of the day you know i that makes sense i really enjoy reading and mm-hmm. like talking and then someone will show me a piece and I'll be like oh my gosh where did you find this you know yeah. like um 
When when I was home for Christmas, you and me and a couple friends played. We did that little like jazz set. Yeah. For the for the the church service. Yeah. And we like all hung out a couple days later. Just at, at uh, was it Nigel's place? Yeah, it would have been. <clears throat> and um, it was just like four, however, four or five of us for like <laughs> two hours, <laughs> just like I'm gonna show you this, and we would like play, run to the computer, play a song, and then someone else would be like, I'm next, and we yeah. would just like it was like this hour long playlist of all of us rotating <laughs> through. Here are the things that I've been obsessing about, and and yeah, it's weird because I feel like we hadn't really done that before. After all these years, yeah. we hadn't really done that. And I think it's because, like, now we all scattered. Right. And then we're all yeah. coming back and we're like, oh, my gosh, all the things well, that I found, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were all listening to And it's a thing where it's like, Ovena, Ovena told you, hey, listen to this band. And on the next week, all of us were listening to that band. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say, hey, listen to this band. And the next week, all of us were listening to that band. When I think of band. Verona, I just think of True Sadness. Yeah, we listened to that album a ton. That came out that same summer, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I remember you guys giving us rides, you and Josiah. And yeah. we would yeah. listen to that, like, That's on the true. way to the roadhouse all the time. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. I remember we listened to True Sadness and uh, Finding Neverland, the Broadway musical. We listened to that. Uh, <gasps> oh, I do my not know. I don't think I've... Have <laughs> you? <laughs> Are you going to go revisit that? <laughs> Are you crying? I think I need to... I think I do need to revisit that. What was the piece? What was the piece where they were singing? Oh, dang. Um... I've but seen... till then we own the night, Till then we own the night, Why is it though that I just had Sweeney Todd stuck in my head? Okay, anyway. If you want to hear more of this conversation, we have a bonus part on Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Opal Entertainment, you can hear us talk about, uh, we're just reminiscing about the good old days. Rock on. Ooh. All right. Thanks, Louie, for being on the show. This was really fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. Well, folks, uh, Louie, where can people find you? Um... You can find me on my Facebook page, Navi, or Rebecca Novinger, if you just want to follow the human. Um, <laughs> not the musician, well, one and the same. Or uh, Rebecca Novinger on Instagram. And mm -hmm. RebeccaNovinger.com is where I keep all my music. If you want to go listen to it, you can find mm -hmm. it there. She's got an original Liv? album I got to play on a couple songs, and Liv played on a song. Yes. And it's full of some great stuff. Um, yeah, it was really cool. That was one of the few pro like the projects you like spent a ton of time working on that I didn't hear the majority of until it was actually that finished. That was weird. And that was a really cool experience to take a walk and listen to the album for the very first time and be like, I know this person. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when she so was cool. telling me about writing this, and here is this finished product that I helped her a little bit on. And yeah, it was pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, really cool. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining us, Louie. Yeah. And you can tune back in next week for a brand new episode of Between Takes. Between Takes.